Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song and through studying his word. If you're able, please stand with me as we come together and sing. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace is always with me, and I'll never be alone. Come thou found, come thou king. Come, thou precious Prince of Peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come, thou fount of our blessing. Come, thou fount, come, thou King. Come, thou precious Prince of Peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come, thou fount of our blessing. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a better, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou fount of our blessing. Please be seated. Good morning. Glad you guys are here. Beautiful morning outside, sun shining, things are turning green, the trees are blooming, all that good stuff, right? And that also means that just around the corner is Easter. Right? So just kind of to kind of let you all know what we're walking through in the next couple weeks. Okay, next Sunday is is Palm Sunday. April 10th is Palm Sunday. And it is traditionally the day that we celebrate Jesus, the the, the triumphant entry. So on that Sunday here. 
we will be also celebrating the Lord's Supper, or observing the Lord's Supper. Celebrating because what Jesus did for us on the cross. So we're going we're gonna to be partaking of that. For you guys that are online, that's just a, a, a heads up there to get ready, because you can do it at home with us when we do it here. And that means you can stop by the office and pick up the cup, or you can forage around and find some sort of cracker or bread and, and some grape juice at home and follow along with us. So encourage you to do that. It's a special, it's a special day as we, as we get to hold the cup, we hold the bread, and, and the significance and symbolism of what it means that Jesus did for us. The following Sunday is Easter Sunday. I prefer to call it Resurrection Sunday. Okay? Um, it's about celebrating the resurrection of Christ. I mean, that's what happened uh, they celebrated the resurrection. They celebrated the resurrection. It happened that day. Jesus is no longer in the grave. And so what we'll have on that Sunday is we're, we're going to have two services. So we'll have an eight o'clock service, and then we'll have a ten fifteen service like we're having normally. And in between, we'll have Sunday school. So what we did is we just tacked on an extra service at eight o'clock in the morning, and understand that we'll be out before nine o'clock when Sunday school starts. So that means the preacher is going to have to be a little shorter. So talk to him about that, right? No applause there, okay? Um, don't get too excited. But he, here's the deal. We want, to, we want you to understand it. Invite people to show up. Because pre-pandemic, we, we'd cram everybody in here. We'd get, you know, it was wall-to-wall people. And, and so what I'd like to do is have that, still to have that space and, and invite people to show up at 8 o'clock, invite people to show up at 10, 15, whichever one they want to feel comfortable with coming because we'll, we'll take them either one of those services. So, so we, wanna, we want to do that. And so right now, we're going to pray, and I will tell you, heads up, we're going to talk about prayer in a little bit. We're going to talk about prayer as we walk through the Gospel of John. And so I have to be on my good behavior today as I'm praying. So I want to pray, and I want you to pray with me. That means I'm going to lead in prayer, but that you can pray from where you're at for whatever needs are on your heart and on your mind, the things that are concerning you. And the beautiful thing about it is that even while I'm talking to God out loud and you're talking to God in your head, that He hears both. All right? And and He can answer both. He's not scrambling around trying to figure out, how am I going to do all this? God can do that. And so I want to go to the Lord in prayer for your concerns. I also want to pray for somebody that doesn't know Jesus, somebody that you know that doesn't know Jesus that they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because we have a lot of things that we're going to pray for, but the most important thing that they need to know, that I needed to know, was Jesus. And it doesn't change for anybody else. And so we want to help them. That We want God to work in their life, to use us or somebody else to show Jesus to them and their need for Jesus, and that they would come to accept Christ as their Savior. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, day that we can come into your house, Lord. Father, that we can, we can worship together with our, our, our church body, our church family, Lord, and sing praises. We can sing to you. Father, we can reflect on the words in song. We can reflect on the words in, in the Scripture, Father. Father, it might draw us closer to you. Father, our relationship is of utmost importance with you. And Father, we pray that you would help us today and draw us closer. Father, we pray for those, Lord, who don't have a relationship with you. Father, we pray that today might be the day, Lord, something is said, something is done, that they would hear something, Lord. 
Father, that you would knock on their door and they would answer. And Father, accept you, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. His work on the cross. Father, as we also pray, Lord, there are other burdens on our hearts, other concerns on our minds. Father, things that, that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And Father, just pray that in the midst of our lives, Father, we'd see you at work in those areas, Father. And we could relate that to others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me if if you are able as we continue to worship God through song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love. As we sing, holy, 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 I want to see. of my heart, Lord, open the eyes. 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieve how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are gone My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The chains are gone and I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace my chains soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who 
what we're celebrating this time of the year is, is being set free. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the chains have been set free. It's the realization of what it took to set us free. It wasn't just walking in and the chains fell off. He had to go to the cross so that we might be set free. He had to hang on the cross. The King of Kings with blood dripping down and sweat dripping down and, and, and all that. But He did that because He loved us. That's the, the amazing grace. He didn't owe it to us. He did that. So here we are in John chapter 17. We're working towards the cross, right? We're going to read about the cross. And we're going to read about the resurrection. So we'll, we'll cover that in the next couple of weeks. We've walked from the triumphal entry as John recorded it. It's a little bit different than the other Gospels. And now we've, we've walked through the, the, the Lord's Supper and the conversation that He's had with the disciples and, and the washing of the feet and the lesson about I am the vine and you are the branches and all that good stuff. And, and we've walked through that. And we're going to come to the 17th chapter and it is, it is the prayer of Jesus. Now, I will say this to you. If you follow along in the other Gospels, you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you'll see that he prays at the Garden of Gethsemane. They understand this to be a different prayer than at that time. But it's a beautiful insight to the heart of Jesus and, and, and what He's doing there. Because, I'm going to ask you this question. If you were about to be crucified, and you know what that looks like, how calm are you? 
you know, some of you went through surgery, right? And, and sometimes, you know, we're calm because they medicate us. Right? Just, just saying. Been there, done that. But we sometimes have a little bit of anxiety about that. But as we walk into this chapter, the 16th chapter, Jesus tells His disciples, the verse that John records before He goes to the prayer is this. He's asking that they would have peace. And He tells them that I've overcome the world. Jesus knows there is victory on the other side. So this is not a prayer of panic. But we're going to see the beauty of this prayer as we walk through this. Now, here in church at the end of service, just before we go off, off air, we always flash the screen up and in your emails have the same information come Monday, is the Have You Read. Right? And to have you read Scripture, it's usually about eight chapters in the Bible that I'm encouraging you to read. And on, matter of fact, on Wednesday, there are, there are four videos. There's one for the children, and then there are three that deal with some portion of the Scripture that you guys have read along with me. And so it's just a, it's just a little insight. The videos online are, are two to three minutes. Okay, That's kind of the, the, the pattern that they're in there. Uh, that means I have to write less, okay? And so, so, so that's a good thing. So that's when I do that. But the, the, the concept is this, guys. When I, when I read about the health of our churches, not, our, not ours alone, but churches across the nation and around the world, one of the things that floors me is that, that sometimes our health isn't all that good, but it's tied to, to just simply reading the Scripture. Right? It's just, I'm going to ask you, for, you, for those of you who are married, how healthy would your marriage be if you never spent any time together? Don't answer, it would be better. Okay, <laughs> It's not the answer. So, God's Word is a way of spending time with Him. It's amazing when people start intaking Scripture, the drastic change that they tell me happens in life. So that's, the, that's why we do the Have You Read. I want to encourage you by reading to have a better relationship with God. We, I want you to go deeper than you've been already. So I'm encouraging you. You can do it some other way. I'm good with that. This is just my suggestion. You can read a lot faster than that. You can read however you want. But I want us to be engaged in the Scripture. So that's why we go through the Have You Read. Now the, the, the other part of this is this. I want to ask the question, have you prayed? I'm hoping that when you're reading, that when you get stuck, you're praying. Because I'm just going to tell you, when you read through the Scripture, sometimes it isn't as easy as you'd like. Some things baffle you. You're going, what in the world did Jesus just say? And, I, and, and you read a little further and you go, well, here's the explanation give the disciples. I still don't get it. But he tells us in the passage, as a matter of fact, that we've been reading through in John, that he would send a helper. So if we know Jesus, we have an interpreter in us. We have the Holy Spirit working inside of us. So I'm hoping that you're going to pray. And so what I want to do is, I, I really want us to develop that, that, that greeting you know, of one another. Have you read and have you prayed? Because that's what's going to make our church healthy is when we are reading God's Word and when because we are reading God's Word and we're seeing what God does in, in the Word there, that we pray. We don't panic, we pray. 
We don't, we don't get all anxious about things. We don't try to figure out how to do it. We just ask God. And then we let God guide us, and we do according to how He guides us. And so that's the idea behind reading and praying. So we're going to, hear, we're going to pick it up here in John, the first chapter, in John chapter 17, the first verse. Now, we're going to skip some of the verses. And, and what I want you to do, I want to encourage you is to go back this afternoon or this week and read again what we read and then read what we missed. And if you didn't read the 16th chapter, go back and read that because it sets us up for the 17th chapter. But this is Jesus' prayer. I will say that we have the model prayer. And one of the writers that I'm reading in, the, in one of the, the, the references, it was, this is probably the model prayer. The other one he called the disciples' prayer. Nevertheless, we're going to see how Jesus prayed. He's going to mentor us today as we walk through and listen to his prayer that he makes prior to being betrayed and prior to going on the cross. So let's pick it up in, this, in the first verse there. Jesus spoke these things. In lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave Him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given Me, He may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you, have done, which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men, made known, okay? I have manifested your name to the men whom you have gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you, have given, which you gave me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And, you, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. Let's skip down a couple of verses to verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. That they, excuse me, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Then on down to the 20th verse. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those, who all, those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. 
in the, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. So this prayer breaks down into three pieces. You can go a lot more detail. We're going to take a bigger overview of it. But Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for his disciples or the believers at that time. And then Jesus prayed for everybody that would believe because of the disciples' words. And that includes you and I. When I look at the 17th chapter, that's one of the powerful things about it. Is I, you know, God loves me. He sent his son down the cross for me. In the 17th chapter, he prayed for me. He knew I was coming. A thousand years later, he knew I was coming. He prayed for me. He prayed for you. That's the beauty of when I look at this. So let's talk a little bit about this, the idea of glorifying your son. So Jesus starts out with the shorter part of the, the very first part of that 17th chapter. Jesus is praying for himself. Jesus is praying for himself. Glorify your son that the Son may glorify you. That's powerful. That's powerful when you think about it. It is what we call, what, what we, I like the term, a kingdom prayer. When we're praying for something, we're praying something that glorifies God. That glorifies God. So this is what Jesus did. Remember, He knows what's about to happen. If you know the cross is coming, what are you praying for? He's praying that you would that the father would glorify the son so that the son may glorify him. Now I want to ask you a question. This is practical. This is what, what do I take away from this? Because I marvel at Jesus at this hour praying. It's, it, when we get in those tight situations, what should we be doing? We should be praying. Now, oftentimes we, we pray for the immediate things. What Jesus illustrates to us, mentors for us, is this. Is that what He's praying is that what goes on in His life would bring glory to the Father. Oftentimes when I'm praying for myself, I often pray for things that end with me. Kind of self-centered. You know, go back to that Porsche. Right, I'm praying for the Porsche. Not really sure how that's going to glorify God. But I'm content with the Porsche. Jesus prays that in what happens in this hour for this purpose that he came to die on the cross, to overcome the grave, that God would be glorified. Now, I'm going to ask you this question as we walk through that. How many of us consider God's glorification in when we're praying for ourselves? You may do that from time to time. I'm not sure how consistent we are. I'm not sure how consistent I am. You know, I'm praying for things, but I need to pray if I'm going to use this model that Jesus gave when I begin to pray for the things that are going on in my life. And it might be that my arm heals up right. It might be uh, that I get a good grade on the test this week. It might be that I get the promotion. Whatever it might be that you are praying for, how do you take that, that one step further? That's what we're asking. That's what I'm asking this morning. When we walk through this, how can I... Because again, I stop with my concerns. I, I think immediately, this is what I need, God. I'm bringing it to you. You said, ask and I shall receive. He's already told the disciples that. 
But I want to take it one step further, and I want to know how does what I'm praying for impact the kingdom of God? Because what do I need to be? I need to be a light to the world. And in order to be the light to the world, what happens in my life needs to reflect His glory. I need to be able to glorify God in what I'm doing. So when I'm praying for myself, when I'm kneeling down there beside my bed and I'm praying, whatever, however you do that, how does what I'm praying for bring glory to God? How do the people around me as I'm praying for things and they see the answers coming, how does that glorify God? I mean, that's the question that I think we need to ask ourselves because the idea that when we look into God's Word is we don't stay the same. That we look at God's Word and we become more Christ-like. And here's this, perf- here's this example for us of Jesus praying in a difficult hour. He knows what's about to happen and it, 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 it comes with a lot of pain. It comes with suffering. He's going to bear the, the, the sin of all of the world, previous, present, and in the future. On the cross. He died for your sins. He died for the sins of my great-great-grandchildren that don't exist yet, okay? He, 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 we get that. So he did that. The weight of all that's on him. And this is a prayer that he prays. And it's a prayer that includes glorifying the Father. That's a little harder for us. But I want us to consider what Jesus did here. The next part of this as we walk through the the prayer, as we listen, as we overhear what he's saying, as John records that for us, he begins later in in those verses to pray for the disciples. I ask on their behalf. That's the clue that he's asking for, for their prayers. Flip the slide there. He's, I ask on their behalf. So he's praying for the disciples. He's praying for believers at this time. Because it says, they understand that you sent me. And that I came from you. That, so he's telling us that he, they, they get it. They don't understand the resurrection yet. Because as we follow this, they walk away after they put him in the tomb. Because in that case, it seems over for them. But they have believed. They just don't quite comprehend everything at this point. So he's praying for the disciples. Now, in this, if I ask you, do you pray for somebody else? Yeah, you do, right? I mean, we pray, we send out a prayer list. If you've been in Sunday school, you had an opportunity to, to, to add to our list that will go out tomorrow, and it gets updated if we have any updates on Thursday morning. You'll get another update. And so if you're here and you weren't in Sunday school and you want us to pray for something specific, Hand that to myself. Just write it down on a piece of paper. Put it in the offering plate, whatever. Because we want to pray for other people. We want to pray for you. So when I say that you pray for other people, I want you to consider how Jesus prayed for his friends. How Jesus prayed for the men that he walked with in this earthly ministry for about three years. These people are dear and and close to his heart. They have spent the time with him, and so he's going to pray for them. And as we read through the scriptures, I'm just going to sum it up. He prayed for a relationship. He prayed for a relationship. Now, at times we pray for a relationship. 
right? We might be praying for our children's spouses kind of thing, right? So that's a relationship. But I want you to understand it's not that kind of relationship that he's praying for. He's praying for their relationship with God. The relationship with the Father, and hence their relationship with Him. So what he's asking for is them to have a wonderful relationship with God. A growing relationship with God. He uses the word sanctify. We term it sanctification. It's that process. When we get saved, there's a regeneration, there's a justification, and then there's a sanctification. Because guess what? When you got justified and when you got uh, regenerated, you became a new creation. But there's still work left. Good at that? Yeah, all right. You're saved, you're going to heaven, but you are not exactly Christ-like in everything you do. And that's what sanctification is. That's a growing Christ-likeness in our lives where we become more like Him. When we, you know, we brought babies home from the hospital. They were new life. But they developed into the, into the young adults that they are now. And, and good or bad, they became a little bit like us because they hang out they hang out with us. And what we do when we get saved is we begin to hang out with God and we get to become more like Him. That, that's a process of sanctification. We want to be more like Him. We don't want to just... Here's the thing that happens too often is we just... We punch the card. I got the insurance policy. I put it in the drawer someplace and I go out and live in my life. God wants us, Jesus wants us to walk through the process of sanctification where we put off the old life and put on the new life more and more every day. That's what He desires of us. And that's, as a matter of fact, that's what He prayed for was that we would become sanctified, that we, we would live in that state of sanctification, that ongoing process from being saved to the glorification is that last big term that we use, and that's coming at the end. When, when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise and then we who are alive and remain are caught up in the air, that's the glorification. When we stand before Him in the streets of heaven, that's the glorification process. In the meantime, everything in between is a sanctification process. You right now sitting here are going through the sanctification process. And Jesus prayed for that. Jesus prayed that you would draw closer to Him in that process. That's what He's praying for. So, the last part of what He prayed for, the other thing that, that just really catches me, is that He prayed for our protection. Not protection from scrapes and bruises and things like that. But He prayed for protection from the evil one. From Satan. Because if you haven't figured it out in your life, in this process of living as a Christian and trying to be more like Him, you've had attacks by the enemy called Satan to demobilize you. To make you ineffective. To make you walk away from following Christ. And so... Jesus prayed. 
not that we'd get plucked out of the world once we got saved, but that we'd stay here and be salt and light. That as we grow in Christ, we would make a difference in other people's lives. So he's praying for that sanctification. He's praying for the protection that you and I need because we have an enemy that wants anything but you to live for God. So that's what's going on there. And the last part of the prayer, the last part of the prayer, he prayed for those who believe, those also who believe in me. Those also who believe in me. Flip the slide there. Through the word of these disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but when I pondered that for a moment and I thought about it, I believe because of their word. Those disciples, that's how we get the gospel. It's how we get the New Testament. The, Paul, the Pauline letters and the, uh, letter from, the letters from Peter, etc. I believe because of their word. If you believe, you believe because of the Word. And he prays again for us in our relationship with one another and most importantly with God. That's what he's praying for. He's praying that that relationship would develop so that the world may believe you sent me. Do you understand? You know, that brings it back. We live out our life in a right relationship with Him. We testify to the world that yes, Jesus did come. Yes, Jesus did die. And yes, Jesus lives. And He lives to give us eternal life. That's the prayer that He prayed on that day, before, on that hour, before He was about to be taken captive and eventually put on the cross. He prayed for Himself. He prayed for his fellow believers, his disciples at that time, and then he prayed for those who are yet to believe. When we walk away from this, all of you, I believe, pray. All of you, I believe, talk to God. I don't know how consistently you do that. If you do that on, because here's how prayer usually develops. We're told that when we believe that we, we should pray. We pray to believe. Because we had to ask God for the forgiveness of our sins. But what happens is we oftentimes use prayer kind of like a pocket knife. You always have it, at least I do, okay? You always have it, but you only pull it out when you think you need it. And that's when I can't rip open the boxes right away when I can't get the envelope open up, when I, when I can't get the screw tight, right? Whatever, you know, the, the pocket knife comes in handy for a lot of things, but I don't pull it out until I absolutely have to have it. And so prayer often works that way, that we do that when we absolutely have it. Jesus modeled for us that we use it all the time. So what we want to do is develop that prayer habit. So as we do this, how can I be better at that? So here's the action steps that I want you to take away from that. And you might even practice some of those even as we give the invitation this morning. Here's this, the first prayer, the prayer that deal, the, the first part of the action step deals with how Jesus prayed for Himself. I want you to pray that God would glorify Himself in you, however you want to say that. Understand that that means that God is going to have to work in your life, and it may be an uncomfortable, it sounds really easy, 
God, glorify yourself and me today. That might mean you have to stand on the cross, right? Think about that. Are you willing to do that? It sounds easy enough, but I want you to understand that when you're praying that God would glorify himself in you, that he would make himself known to the world through your life, that that might put you in some uncomfortable situations. And the enemy is going to say, it's not worth it. But I want you to begin to think about when you're praying to God for those things, how does it glorify God? How, God, how can you get glory out of what I'm asking for? How can you get glory out of what I'm asking for? Pray for the, your fellow believers. You're, you've prayed. If, I, if you looked around the room right now, you have prayed for the people around you. Correct? You've prayed for the people around you. But I want to ask you this question, and I want you to rethink I want you to add to your prayer repertoire another tool. And what I'm asking you to do is not only to pray for those concerns for their jobs and their health and all the other things that we commonly pray for. I want you to pray for their spiritual growth, their spiritual relationship to God. I talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago. We all, churches across the country have prayer lists. And I will tell you that the prayer list, I like to think, have a, a statement about the theology or the beliefs of the church. In other words, when I look at it, what does, what does the prayer list tell me about what they think about God? And so what I find on there is I find sick people. And I'm just going to tell you that Jesus healed sick people. So when I see that, it's on ours too, we believe that God is capable of healing people. So we see God as a healer. Oftentimes we'll see on there a prayer for safe travels. God is AAA all of a sudden. Okay? I want you to pray for that. We pray for jobs. God's got a website called Indeed, right? No. Pray for that. But oftentimes, along with not praying for people to get saved, we may not be praying for their spiritual development. I want you to think about that when you pray for somebody. Maybe when you pray for them and their other concern that you go ahead and bonus them. And that means to pray for their spiritual growth. I'll take that prayer. You pray for me, pray for my spiritual growth. And the last thing that I want to challenge you to do is pray for those who yet believe. Pray that they would develop that relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and it wouldn't stop when they get saved, but it would continue to grow. Because when we're praying for those yet to believe, we're praying that others would see that. And because they see people's lives change, they would know that God sent the Son. So those are the things I want you to pray for. That's the action. When you look at the... Reread the prayer. Reread the 17th chapter several times this week, okay? It, it, it'll just, just let it permeate there in you and, and look at that. And then begin to pray like Jesus prayed. So our whole goal is to be like Him. So let's pray like Him. Let's pray for our connection to Him. 
to grow stronger. We're going to give the invitation this morning. Adam's going to lead us in a song. Words will be up on the screen. Here's what I, I want to invite you to do. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you maybe you don't understand what that means, okay, the short of it is that if you die, you don't go to heaven. Okay, and I'm assuming you want to go to heaven. You do. I'm telling you now. If you don't know what that means, you want more questions about that, you, you, want, you want to ask more questions about that, or you know enough to go ahead and ask Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's make that happen today. If you want to come and pray for yourself, we're going to be praying with you. That's the rule here, right? If somebody makes their way down here, you're not praying about them, you're praying for them. You're praying with them. You don't have to know what it is they're praying for. Today, you're just going to pray. I don't know what they're praying for. I'm praying that you listen to it. I hear, you hear it, God, answer the prayer. But I'm also going to pray for their spiritual growth. You come and do that. If you want to come and take somebody by the hand and come and say, I want to pray for you. I've been absent of praying for your spiritual growth. And I want to do that today. Whatever it is that God has called you to do this week, I don't want to stand in the way of that. I want to invite you to have that opportunity to do that and share it with us. Let's stand.
righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. to Donna. Donna had something she'd like to share with us. Because to know our God, and I'm sure I'm certain, to know him is to love him. And to love him more that we will live out his word the way he says. And I want to say that you thank God for Brother Cliff and Lisa. Brother Cliff shows that he loves Jesus Christ when he preaches and believes what he preaches. And um, they've just been a blessing to me. Thank you. Well, let's pray. Father, just thank you for your word. Thank you for praying for us. As those words leap off the page, Father, understand your love for us. Your grace and mercy upon our lives. Father, I just, I, I, I'm not worthy. We are not worthy, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Father, just help us, Lord. These that have come pray this morning, we pray for them. We pray for their relationship with you to deepen. Father, I want to pray for all of us in here. Father, that if there's somebody here that does not know you, that Father, they would, they would seek somebody else out to explain it to them. Father, that we might, Father, if we know that they're not saved, say something to them. That word of encouragement, Lord, help guide them to you as their Lord and Savior. Father, for the believers in this room, Father, I pray that our relationship would deepen with you. In Jesus' name. So here's the have you read for this week, Genesis 1 and 2, so we go back to the beginning there, Nehemiah 11 and 12, Colossians 1 and 2, and John 16 and 17. So thank you guys. I'm going to let us go off air, and then you guys stay here for just a second.